Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Stand still on Capitol Hill. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Nicole Murray. On this Wednesday, February 7th, glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. House Republicans have failed to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary. Also, a bill providing funding to Israel was rejected. A federal appeals court says Donald Trump is not immune from charges tied to his election interference case. Business news, ESPN, Fox and Warner are reportedly creating a joint sports streaming venture. And strategies for getting a 6% mortgage before the Fed cuts rates. So you've save about $160 a month when uh, mortgage rates drop in that way. And that, you know, that's a phone bill. That's something uh, that people can use to uh, pay, uh, pay for other things in their life. Veronica Dagger at the Wall Street Journal on how to accelerate the process of securing a lower mortgage rate. House Republicans couldn't muster enough votes to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who they've accused of failing to enforce immigration laws to stop the flow of illegals at the Mexico border. The near-party-line vote on the GOP-led measure was 214 in favor to 216 against, with a handful of Republicans like Ken Buck of Colorado joining all Democrats in opposition. The problem with doing this, the same problem that the Democrats had when they impeached Trump the first time. A lot of Democrats didn't want that vote. They voted for it. Um, This is a similar situation. You're lowering the bar on impeachment every single time. The GOP did not get a vote from House Majority Leader Steve Scalise because he's being treated for cancer. Democrats' key 215th vote last night, denying impeachment, proponents a majority, was provided by Texas Congressman Al Green, who was wheeled onto the House floor to vote while recovering from emergency surgery to fix an intestinal blockage. Mayorkas, by the way, would have been the first sitting cabinet official to be impeached in the nation's history. The House has rejected a standalone bill to send billions of dollars in aid to Israel, with Republicans joining Democrats. Some lawmakers wanted to separate the assistance from a broader national security package that appears to be stalled in the Senate. Meanwhile, senators have given up on that $118 billion national security and border package after sharp opposition from Republicans. Now lawmakers are in search of a backup plan to deliver funding for Ukraine as it loses ground in its campaign to repel invading Russians. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer expressed frustration. Leader McConnell and the Republican conference did a 180-degree reversal. They were quaking at the knees at the fear of Donald Trump. The Senate package, which resulted from months of negotiations, would overhaul U.S. border policy and includes funding for Ukraine, as well as military aid for Israel. Both sides indicated they could try to move to a narrower bill focused on foreign assistance and weapons once they get passed today. A federal appeals panel has ruled unanimously that Donald Trump is not immune to charges he tried to overturn the 2020 election setting the stage for another potential showdown at the Supreme Court for the former president. More from Bart Jansen, Justice Department reporter at USA Today. Bart, give us the basics. A decision from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals finding that Donald Trump is not immune from the criminal charges in federal court that he faces, charging him with trying to overturn the 2020 election. He had argued that as a former president, as president at the time that the actions took place, that he shouldn't be put on trial. 
and the D.C. Circuit, the, a panel, a three-judge panel, unanimously ruled, yes, he can. Was there a statement released as to why the court wrote, ruled this way? Uh, they had a 57-page opinion in which they said presidents can be held, former presidents can be held accountable for the actions that they take. It said uh, at bottom, if Trump's position were adopted, it would destroy the separation of power between the three branches that you know, if he had immunity from everything, that it would mean that Congress couldn't legislate, the courts couldn't review his decisions. And so it's a very strongly worded decision saying he's as accountable as anybody else in a criminal court. All right. So the Trump legal team also argued that an impeachment and conviction was needed first. Right. But that's that's not the, the appeals court said no to that also. That's right. They Trump's lawyers argued before this uh, three-judge panel uh, a fairly stark choice. They said that whatever actions a president took in office, the only way to get to a criminal court was to first go through a House impeachment, a Senate conviction at trial, and then the criminal justice system could decide whether to prosecute him. Um, one of the judges on the panel asked, well, does that mean that he could order SEAL Team 6 to kill a political rival and not be charged? Well, the lawyer said he would immediately be impeached, but uh, the judges weren't having it. Um, they, they said that he can be held accountable for all sorts of charges. Um, and so, uh, of course, you have to remember Trump was acquitted in Senate trial for the charge of inciting the Capitol attack on January 6, 2021. So um, Trump's lawyers were basically saying he couldn't be prosecuted for this kind of case. But the Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled that he can be tried. Mm. We're speaking with Bart Jansen, Justice Department reporter at USA Today. His story is called No Immunity. An appeals court rules Donald Trump can be tried on election interference charges. Uh, his team also made the argument that uh, this type of ruling could sort of handcuff other presidents while they were in office. That's right. The Trump's lawyers were arguing that um, if you worried about getting charged with something after leaving office because you made just just a controversial decision, um, that it would inhibit all future presidents, and that was a reason that, that you shouldn't allow charges against former presidents. But legal experts say, you know, there's always been an understanding that former presidents could be charged. That's why former President Gerald Ford pardoned former President Richard Nixon to avoid the prospect that he could be charged for crimes related to the Watergate scandal. Uh, former President Bill Clinton surrendered his law license in a, an agreement to avoid potential charges after he left office. And so there are examples that, well, Senate Majority Leader at the time, Mitch McConnell, a Republican, at the time that Trump's impeachment trial was held, said that he was voting no on the impeachment because the proper location to review the charges would be criminal court. McConnell said that in his closing argument about why he was going to vote against impeachment, against conviction at the impeachment trial. So there's always been the presumption that presidents could be charged. This circuit court decision reaffirms that and states it very strongly. Thanks, Bart. Bart Jansen, Justice Department reporter at USA Today. 14 minutes after the hour on this morning, America's first news.
If you still have landline phone service, you may have noticed that your monthly bills have been skyrocketing. That's because the FCC no longer regulates copper lines and phone companies are jacking up the price of their service. UMA is an internet home phone service that lets you keep enjoying the safety and peace of mind of a home phone without paying an arm and a leg. In fact, with a one-time purchase of the UMA Tello, you get internet home phone service for free. All you pay are applicable taxes and fees. Unlike mobile phones, UMA has address-based 911, so dispatchers will know exactly where to find you in an emergency. In the event you call 911, UMA can send a text alert to loved ones. UMA even includes a free mobile app so you can take your home number on the go. And don't worry, you can keep your home phone number for a one-time fee or get a new one for free. Setup is easy. It takes less than 10 minutes. Stop paying too much for home phone service. Visit UMA.com slash Gordon Deal today to get a special discount. That's O-O-M-A dot com slash Gordon Deal. Glad you're with us. Welcome into Wednesday. A jury has found the mother of Michigan school shooter Ethan Crumbly guilty of involuntary manslaughter in connection with the shooting deaths of four students at Oxford High School in November 2021. Jennifer and James Crumbly are a rare case of parents being charged in connection with a shooting carried out by their son. James Crumbly will face involuntary manslaughter charges next month. Craig Schilling lost his 17-year-old son, Justin, in the massacre. It is your choice to have a child, and you cannot choose to not take care of your child. You cannot choose to not nurture your child. You cannot choose to um, take your own interest over your child, especially when it comes to mental health. Prosecutors say the Crumbly parents bought their son the gun used, then failed to respond to warning signs exhibited by the shooter prior to the attack. Ethan Crumbly, who was 15 years old at the time of the shooting, has been sentenced to life in prison. Sentencing for his mother is scheduled for April 9. 20 minutes now after the hour on This Morning, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. The House vote to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has failed. Speaker Mike Johnson announcing the tally. On this vote, the yeas are 214 and the nays are 216. The resolution is not adopted. Republicans have said Mayorkas did not enforce U.S. immigration laws at the southern border. House Republicans say they will attempt to impeach the secretary again. Number two. After months of closed-door negotiations, the $118 billion bipartisan national security and border security deal has failed. Despite not having a majority, the Senate will vote on the agreement today. President Biden blames the collapse on Donald Trump. Republicans have to decide, who do they serve? Donald Trump? The American people. Meanwhile, the House has rejected a standalone bill that would solely provide $17 billion in aid to Israel. Number three. A federal appeals court has unanimously ruled Donald Trump is not immune from prosecution on charges of attempting to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. Trump, who is on a path to locking in the Republican presidential nomination, is expected to appeal the decision to the Supreme Court. Nine people have died from the deadly atmospheric river storm that smashed Southern California over the last few days. Record rainfalls resulted in hundreds of mudslides and flooding. Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass. Our hillsides are already saturated, so even not very heavy rains could still lead to additional mudslides. Over 75,000 people remain without power. So America has a new favorite sport to watch. And no, it is not baseball. Uh, Gordon, any guesses? English soccer. 
mm, not even close, football, <laughs> actually. Uh, Pew Research Center conducted a survey asking 12,000 adults. Um, football pulled in 53% of the votes. Baseball still in second, 27%. Basketball in third. Mm, that's why football is number one in the rankings on TV every time it's on. Is that your favorite? Yeah, it's a made-for-TV sport, really, football. Mm. Rather than, as opposed to being in person. you know. Yeah, I'm a soccer gal. So I've always loved it. Me too. Thanks for being with us. The New York Fed's quarterly report on household debt and credit is out, showing a new record for credit card balances. A breakdown of the data from Ted Rossman, senior industry analyst at Bankrate.com. Ted, this doesn't sound good. On the surface, it seems alarming. The fact that credit card balances are up 46% since the beginning of 2021. They're up about 15% over the past year. Credit card interest rates are at record highs. The average is 20.74%. That's kind of all the glass half empty view. I would offer a little bit of positivity here, which is that Americans are keeping up with the bills for the most part. Um, The debt to income ratio is actually pretty low, historically speaking. And some of this reflects economic growth and population growth and more card usage and less cash. It's not all bad, but at the household level, the big fork in the road is whether or not you carry a balance. Yeah. Uh, And I guess uh, a further deep dive, too. Are we putting necessities on there that we may not have put on there before because of inflation, not necessarily, say, to collect points or rewards of some kind? do, Do we know about that? We are hearing about that. Yeah. So just to preface, you know, it's basically half and half in terms of cardholders who pay in full every month versus those who carry debt. Um, So, yeah, if you can pay in full, put everything on there as long as you're not overspending and as long as you're not being charged interest and get all the points. But in terms of people that are truly carrying debt from month to month, we are hearing more about people financing daily essentials such as gas and groceries and Even if it's unusual to put something like rent on a credit card, even there, there's a spillover effect where if you're paying more for things like rent, then maybe you're more apt to finance other things with a credit card. And and that's just where it becomes problematic. And, And you throw higher prices and higher interest rates into the equation. A fix might be to get a 0% balance transfer credit card. That can pause that interest clock for up to 21 months. That's a really good tip for anybody dealing with credit card debt. We're speaking with Ted Rossman, senior industry analyst at bankrate.com. We're talking about a new report from the New York Fed indicating that credit card debt for Americans is at a record high. Uh, Just review the basics here and go through kind of the damage of carrying a balance month to month. One thing I wanted to mention is that this report does look at balances. It doesn't distinguish between what's paid in full and what's not at the end of the month. And we know it is roughly half and half in terms of cardholders who carry debt and those who don't. Nonetheless, these balances have been rising sharply, up 5% over the past quarter, 15% over the past year, and 46% since the beginning of 2021. Credit card balances rose more in 2022 than any other year on record, at least dating back to 2003 when this data set came about. 2023 didn't rise quite as much, but it was close. So the past two years are the highest jumps on record. And I think it really does just come back to higher prices, higher interest rates. I mean, some of it is also economic growth, population growth, 
more e-commerce, less cash, things like that. Thanks, Ted. Ted Rossman, Senior Industry Analyst at Bankrate.com. Hey, it's Gordon Deal here to tell you about this game-changing product I used before having a couple of cocktails called Z-Biotics. I easily get a headache from just one drink, but I've now found something that helps avoid that miserable feeling the next morning. Z-Biotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic Drink. It's the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by scientists trying to eliminate that crummy feeling the following day. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night. Whether you're sitting down at home for movie night or out with friends, drink responsibly and you'll feel your best tomorrow. Go to zbiotics.com/gordon to get 15% off your first order when you use Gordon at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/gordon and use the code Gordon at checkout for 15% off. Now, more than ever, where you get your news matters. This is America's First News. This morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Wednesday, February 7. Gordon Deal with Nicole Murray. Some of our top stories and headlines. House Republicans fail to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary. An appeals court says Trump is not immune from election interference charges. The House rejected a standalone bill providing aid to Israel. The death toll is nine from California storms. More people chose none than Nikki Haley in the Nevada GOP primary. An early NTSB report into an Alaska Airlines incident finds bolts that hold the door plug in place were missing. And the teacher charging her third graders rent for their desks as a money lesson. That story in about 20 minutes. Mortgage rates are expected to slowly decline this year, but home buyers can take steps to help accelerate the process. Here's how from Veronica Dagger, personal finance reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Veronica, what are we seeing? So we're seeing falling mortgage rates overall, and that's good news for home buyers because that means houses can become slightly more affordable and there might be more listings to choose from. So that's an exciting time for home buyers who have been so frustrated over the last year and a half thinking, I can't afford anything out there and there's really nothing to choose from. Mm. So things are shifting a little bit. Right. All right. So um, explain like what the savings would be like on a particular home when the rates drop and how suddenly it, it opens the door to a somewhat affordability. Yes. Um, so for example, if you had a $400,000 home with a 20% down and a 6.93 30-year fixed mortgage, you'd pay about $2,113 every month toward your mortgage. Um, but if rates drop to around 6.18%, um, that monthly payment falls to um, by about $158. So you save about $160 a month when uh, mortgage rates drop in that way. And that, you know, that's a phone bill. That's something uh, that people can use to uh, pay uh, pay for other things in their life. Yeah. All right. So you put together kind of things to consider when shopping for a mortgage this spring. And the first one was boosting your credit score. How do we begin to tackle that? Yeah. So even a small amount of a credit score boost can help reduce the cost of buying a home. For example, there are a few things you can do. Uh, you can ask uh, for your free annual credit report. So if you go to freeannualcreditreport.com, you can get 
the uh, reports from uh, all the three major credit bureaus. Check them out. See if there's any errors, if there's mistakes on your credit reports. Uh, contact those credit bureaus and ask to get those fixed. Just doing so, it takes a little bit of effort, but just doing so can boost your score. Another way to boost your score is to ideally spend less than the 30% of the amount of credit that's offered to you on your credit cards, and that's called credit uh, card uh, credit utilization ratio. So the lower ratio you have, the better. Uh, ideally, you want to pay off your balance in full each month, and if you really want to make a nice uh, boost to your credit score, it helps to make an extra payment or two during the month to help knock down your statement balance and boost that score. Hmm. We're speaking with Veronica Dagger, personal finance reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Her story is called How to Get a 6% Mortgage Even Before the Fed Cuts Rates. You reference to using points. How about that? Yes, so buyers can use mortgage points to lower their interest rates. If you're getting a 6% or 6%, if you want a 6% or 6% under mortgage, uh, and that's important to you. So each point reflects 1% of the loan amount, and it might be paid up front to your lender. For example, one point on a $300,000 loan would cost $3,000. Each point lowers the interest rate by a quarter percentage point for the life of the loan. Before you do this though, you wanna think about whether you're going to refinance in the next five years or so before you go ahead and buy those points. Because if you're gonna refinance soon, it probably wouldn't make sense. Gotcha. What about uh, just using your bank as leverage, You know, given that you might have a couple of accounts there? Yes, tap into those relationships. The primary bank where you have your check-in and savings and investments might be able to offer you discounts based on your relationships. And those relationships, um, those discounts can range from a quarter to a full percentage point, sometimes less, sometimes more, depending on how much you have in the, that bank. The key point here, though, is to shop around, whether it's asking your bank for a discount or seeing what other offers are out there. Go to a, some credit unions, see what mortgage rates they're offering, look at online lenders, cast a wide net because the wider net you cast, the more ways you'll be able to shop around and get a better rate for you in the long run. So uh, take the time to do it. I, I know it can seem intimidating, but overall that could send, uh, save you hundreds or tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. Boy, 2024 already seems promising, right, compared to last year? It does. It does. I think financially for some folks, for home home buyers at least, things are looking a, a bit better. Thanks, Veronica. Veronica Dagger, personal finance reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, it was big news this week when it was announced that MetLife Stadium in New Jersey would serve as the venue for the World Cup final in two years. There's one problem, though. FIFA does not allow corporate branding on stadiums that the World Cup plays in. So a lot of familiar football stadium names will have to change in order to play host to what the rest of the world calls football. Unfortunately, FIFA appears to have made the most boring choices possible when renaming the stadiums. Mercedes-Benz Stadium Atlanta will be called Atlanta Stadium. Gillette Stadium in Massachusetts will be Boston Stadium. AT&T Stadium in Texas will be Dallas Stadium. You get the idea. All stadiums with corporate sponsors will be named after the largest nearby city. The worst, however, might be the site of the final, at which MetLife Stadium will become New York, New Jersey Stadium, a nod to the dual hosts of the Big Apple and Garden State. I love it, too, because um, uh, Gillette Stadium in Massachusetts is going to be Boston Stadium 
even though it's located in Foxborough. Right, like 30 miles away yeah. from Boston. And yeah. as a AT&T Stadium is going to be Dallas Stadium, even though it's located in Arlington. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, if there's a city nearby, we'll just we'll just slap right. their name on it. And how about just East Rutherford Stadium <laughs> for yeah. MetLife Stadium? I mean, that almost might be better. Right. <laughs> almost might be better than New York, New Jersey Stadium. It's easier on the mouth. Yeah. Uh, and, and do officials at FIFA go so far as to actually drape something over the name of the corporate sponsored stadium. I think they will. I think they will be doing Covered something somehow, something right? along those lines. Yeah, there will be, I mean the giant tarp yeah. over MetLife. Yeah, right? I mean the, the football owners are jumping through some major hoops here. I mean yeah. they're even putting grass yeah. down at MetLife Stadium, yeah. which has been a big controversy for the football team yep. for the last few years. Even putting grass down to, just just to get the World Cup games in there. Big changes in 2026. Yeah, yes. And the American football season will come to a close on Sunday with all eyes on Las Vegas for its first ever Super Bowl, and not surprising for the state that houses Sin City, but Nevada has been named the most sinful state in the U.S. This according to a new report from WalletHub, which measured each state based on its propensity for sinful acts. Greed is a big sin for the Silver State, and they also got dinged for having the second lowest volunteer rate in the U.S. and an unusually high percentage of internet trolls. Louisiana was second due to high violent crime rates and other factors. California was third for a myriad of sins, ranging from crime to lust to venom. Florida and Tennessee rounded out the top five. The five least sinful states are Wyoming, New Hampshire, Idaho, Maine, and Vermont. Wyoming doesn't count. Nobody lives there. You, you can't even find enough people in Wyoming to survey. Oh, is, is that what it is? Yeah. is that, I mean, that's that seems to be kind of a theme here, right? I guess the, the closer we are together, it seems like. These are all fairly <laughs> low-density states. Yeah. That are the, the closer we are together, it seems like the more, uh, the more we're going to do bad things. Right. By the way, uh, Joe Buck's comment has added some uh, some mystery now to the Las Vegas Super Bowl because he said something's going to happen and it's going to be a mess. Oh, boy. He didn't say on the field, off the field. He just said what happens in Vegas is not going to stay in Vegas, hinting this, that something big is going to happen. This is a prediction or some inside knowledge? Yeah, just like, like uh, know, here? just they, something he said in an interview. I mean, he's not even broadcasting the Super Bowl this year. Well, so. I, I, right. I think just to your point... That it's Sin City. Yeah, yeah. That something's going to happen. Something's okay. going down, he predicts. Right, right. Okay. We'll be right. watching. Stay tuned. Thank you, Mike. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, they provide real-time product availability online and have sourcing specialists who can help you track down hard-to-find items. And their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Wednesday. Two new studies are showing a significant reduction in blood pressure in adults who underwent certain weight loss treatments. The first study, published Monday in the American Heart Association journal Hypertension, found that the drug terzepatide, sold under the brand names Zepbound for obesity and Monjaro for diabetes, significantly lowered the blood pressure of overweight adults or those with obesity who took it for nine months. The second study, also published Monday, but in the Journal of the American College of Cardiology, found that adults who had high blood pressure and obesity who underwent bariatric surgery had lower body mass index and were on fewer blood pressure medications after five years than those who used only the medications. Only 100 adults were part of that survey and only at a single site. More than 47% of American adults have hypertension and nearly 42% have obesity. 
eight minutes now in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Hamas has replied to a proposal that calls for a six-week ceasefire and the release of hostages in Gaza. The details of the deal set out by Israel, the U.S., Qatar, and Egypt and the specifics of the faction's response has not been released. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. There's still a lot of work to be done, but we continue to believe that an agreement is possible and indeed essential, uh, and we will continue to work relentlessly to achieve it. Israel and the U.S. have both said they are reviewing Hamas's reply. Blinken is set to meet with Israeli fi- officials today. Number two. A jury has found Jennifer Crumbly, the mother of Michigan school shooter Ethan Crumbly, guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Ethan shot and killed four students in 2021. Jennifer was found guilty on four counts of involuntary manslaughter, one for each victim. Craig Schilling, whose son was killed in the shooting, was asked what he'd say to Jennifer if he could. He wouldn't have to go through any of this if he would have just done your job as a parent. Sentencing, sentencing is scheduled for April 9th. Number three. A Florida man accused of trying to rob a bank has been shot and killed by a sniper. The suspect, a 36-year-old man, took two people hostage and put his knife to one of the victim's throats. Lee County Sheriff Carmen Marzeno. We were face to face with a male suspect who was armed with a knife. He also claimed he had a bomb. Both victims have been set free unharmed. A crew member who was working on the Marvel Studios series Wonder Man has died following an accident on set. Deadline reports the man, whose name has not been made public, was a rigger who fell from the rafters. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration will be investigating. Taylor Swift's lawyers are threatening legal action against a Florida college student who is tracking her private jets. CNN reports Jack Sweeney received a cease and desist letter regarding his social media accounts that posts data on the star's flight routes. Sweeney has also publicly tracked the private jets of other celebrities, including Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, and more. Yeah, I dare you to track my jet. I dare you. <laughs> how, would you like, yeah. how would you feel about being tracked? Uh, it's kind of creepy. It, it is kind of creepy. Like I know we're tracked anyway, yeah. but th- like those organizations have to keep the data private to a certain extent. Who stalks? Who gets stalked more than Taylor Swift these days? Yeah, no, I'm not sure. Third grade teacher in Charlotte, North Carolina, is teaching her students financial literacy by charging them rent for their desks and late fees for tardiness. In a viral TikTok video, Shelby Lattimore says they have to fork over play dollars they've earned through the school year doing classroom jobs like being a line leader or a teacher helper. If your rent is late, that's a fine. So, a fine. What can you get a fine for? Late work, breaking things, or disrespect. So, if your rent is late, I will fine you another dollar. She told the New York Post that every other Friday, each student receives a pretend paycheck from their teacher. Aside from paying rent, students are allowed to spend money on frivolous things in the classroom store, like a homework pass. On the first of the month, Lattimore proceeds to call each student by their designated number. And if the student isn't paying attention... When the bill collector calls them, it results in a $1 late fee. Once all the bills are paid, the students call their teacher mean. After she gloats about the money she's collected, Lattimore responds, hard life lessons of third grade. That'll do it for this hour. For Nicole Murray and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.